Welcome to the Love Marriage Again podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Siobhan Parat. In this podcast, you will receive the wisdom, the insight, and the tools you need to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Your marriage is meant to be amazing. Your marriage should be your favorite place to be. Your marriage should bring out the best in you. I'm here to help you create that. In each episode, I'll coach you to improve your communication, build a deeper connection, become a more united team, and experience more intimacy. Here, we have real conversations about what can make marriage hard, and more importantly, how to make it easy. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. So happy to meet you back here on the podcast. Thank you for joining me. I hope that you're doing well. We are in the thick of it, that weird time between Thanksgiving and Christmas where, I don't know about you, there's endless amount of things to do and also the time where I just want to like snuggle on my couch, bake cookies, watch movies with a cup of hot chocolate. So (laughs) if you're feeling that way, we are together in that. Although I have to say, I am also feeling a little bit pumped and re-energized. Last week, I had an amazing three days for the Well-Made Woman experience. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. It was really, I think, just a power-packed time for us to gather as women and to get grounded who we are and who we are, to get grounded in what we know we want, but often don't give ourselves permission to vocalize. And to break up with anything that would tell us about any limitations on ourselves. We had an incredible session on changing that negative voice in your head, as well as how to manage your emotions. And I really think like those two topics will set us free as women and help us live life just more free, more abundantly, more confidently, more fulfilled. So if you did not get a chance to join me live, the replays are available and I would highly recommend that you sign up to receive them. You can just go straight to my website drshavon.com forward slash three day workshop, all one word, no spaces or dashes in between. And you can get the replays right now and watch it. It's better than Netflix, better than anything else you could spend your time doing other than listening to this podcast right now, which you are here to meet me and have a conversation about self-doubt. So this is something that came up a lot last week. It is also something that comes up on my free Marriage Coach Mondays, which we only have two left. So if you haven't joined yet, 
for sure do that as well. I will link to the phone number in the show notes. Show notes. <laughs> show nuts. Oh, I'm thinking about like chocolate covered almonds. Um, so it's a free call. It's held like a conference call, like those old school freeconferencecall.coms. You just dial in. Everything's anonymous um, unless you want to share your name. But people raise their hand. I call them by the last two digits of their phone number. And we've had some really, really great conversations. And recently we had a conversation where someone asked, you know, how do I know if I'm asking for too much or if it's just me being needy or like what's the appropriate thing to want, desire, request in a relationship? And it made me think a lot about the women who have already enrolled into the Well-Made Woman coaching program. So just to clarify, the three-day Well-Made Woman experience was just giving you an opportunity to see and experience firsthand what it's like to do this really women's empowerment and reclamation work for yourself over those three days. And now the doors are officially open to my six-month group coaching program called The Well-Made Woman. And I've already had some people sign up and enroll. I'm limiting it to only 10 women. So if you know that this is something you absolutely want to jump in on, I'll also link to it in the show notes. You can also find about it on my website. So anyways, the people that have all signed up, the common thread so far is self-trust and the converse of that, which is self-doubt, where they're making decisions or they're not making decisions as it relates to their marriage, to their life, and they're just having all this rumination about it. And so on um, the recent Marriage Coach Mondays call, it came up again, right? This is the time when I think a lot of us are just reflecting on a lot of different things, who we are, how we've been living, what's been happening in our lives, and wanting to come to decisions and wanting to come to clarification and next steps, but getting stuck by this boulder of self-doubt. So I wanted to dive into it today. And as I prepared this content, I was like, I've talked about this in so many different ways. There was actually a podcast episode called Self-Trust, which is episode 163. Look at me doing my research on my podcast episodes ahead of time. So you can definitely listen to episode 163 on Self-Trust as a companion for this today. Um, but I wanted to talk specifically about self-doubt because I know so many of you will just resonate with this as something that you struggle with and that you want to overcome. So I want to talk about first, like, what is it that we actually doubt <laughs> when it comes to self-doubt? Like, yes, we are doubting ourselves, but what is it specifically? And I came up with that we doubt what we want we doubt what we feel, we doubt what we need, what we deserve, what we believe is possible for us, the next steps to take, and we doubt our own opinions, right? So let me just read that list again. Like we doubt what we want because we're not sure if it's okay to want it. We doubt how we 
feel because for many of us, we've lived lives with people telling us we shouldn't feel that way. It's not okay to feel that way. Hide your emotions. Be a big girl. Don't don't feel that way, right? We doubt what we need because we have so many voices telling us that we shouldn't need that or that it's not okay. And there's a lot of like mixed messages we get, right? And especially in marriage, I think sometimes if you don't have a partner who is meeting your needs, like your really important and foundational needs, you like lose the receptors for it, right? Because you haven't gotten it. And so it's like, well, maybe I don't need it. I don't really want to leave this relationship and this person isn't really meeting my needs. So maybe it's not a valid need. Right. So you doubt what you need. You doubt what you deserve. I think that is very much related to the statement I just made. Right. Because it's like, okay, well, if this person isn't giving this to me, then maybe I don't deserve it. Maybe really I'm not worthy of it. And I think that is such a heavy and hard like realization to be confronted with. But I know for me so much of underliving and i talked all about underliving on day one of the three-day experience i also have a podcast episode on underliving but i think a lot a large part of my experience of underliving was just not really believing that i deserved the sky as the limit right and maybe you're in a similar place too i think we also again just doubt what is possible for us? Like we may see amazing things for other people, whether that's amazing and healthy marriages, whether that is amazing um, professional accomplishments, per, uh, amazing life accomplishments and like life trips, right? I know that especially over the summer, every time I would go onto Facebook, someone I knew was traveling in Europe. And I truly believe I will go to Europe and have a European vacation. But there was definitely a time in my life where it's like, oh, wow, they're so lucky. Must be nice for them to have that. Right. And that just comes from the belief that like, oh, that's not possible for me. But it's not true. So if you find yourself looking at other people with a tinge of envy, thinking like, oh, it must be nice for them that's really sort of like code word for you don't really believe it's possible for you. And then you want to just ask yourself, why not? Like, why isn't it possible for you? Are the limitations that you've placed on yourself actually valid? Or could there be a way? It could be for you too. I think God created us all to live out our desires and to experience this life as abundantly as possible. Yes, heaven is even better, but like we should also have an amazing and incredible experience of our life here on earth. Doubting the next step to take, right? Like sometimes without any overthinking, you you know what the next step is to take. But then like the minute you think about actually taking the step, all the doubt creeps in. And so you're kind of paralyzed or you procrastinate and then your own opinion. Now, here's the thing about your opinion, like your opinion 
is literally just your opinion. Like it can't actually be wrong or right. But sometimes we begin to doubt our opinion. And really because our brains are wired to seek certainty, we want to know like, am I right or am I wrong? And here's the punchline, like an opinion is never right or wrong. It's just what you think based on your perspective. So what if you gave yourself permission for your opinion to just be your opinion? It's so funny. My daughter has an amazing, amazing um, set of teachers this year. And we've talked a lot about like her leaning towards perfectionism and black and white thinking. And of course she's nine, like her brain, that's what a nine-year-old's brain does. It's very black and white and it's thinking, but her amazing teachers are really helping the kids like get comfortable being willing to take risks and raising their hand and sharing an answer, whether the answer is actually right or wrong. And she's getting so comfortable with it. She's like, you know, like she'll give an answer to something and she's like, it's just my opinion. So like, it's fine that it's my opinion. When in some of these instances, there is actually a technical right or wrong answer, but I love it. I love it. And I want to just offer that same lens to you. Like, what if your opinion is just your opinion and it's yours and you own it and it's right for you based on your experience and your perspective? There's no like opinion police to tell you that what you perceive or what you think is right or wrong, right? So those are the things that I have just noticed in my conversation with women in particular, that there can be a lot of self-doubt. Now, let's look at where it comes from. Number one, I believe that self-doubt comes from the intermingling and entanglement of your thoughts, needs, beliefs with someone else's opinion, perspective, and thoughts. And there are a lot of people who have a voice in your life. There are a lot of people in your ear, obviously your parents and your caretakers and people who have been responsible for like keeping you safe and conditioning you in this world. There are mentors and pastors and influencers who share maybe your faith or a belief system who also have a heavy weighing voice in your mind. And then there's your spouse. It's been so fascinating for me to just notice how my own belief system and opinions about things have changed so much at the influence of my husband. And for some of those things, I think it's great. Like he's definitely opened my eyes to wealth building in a way that I would have never considered before. But there are some limiting beliefs that he has that because we have to make decisions together, I've sort of like swayed myself to some of the things he believes that now upon second look for myself, knowing myself more, valuing my values and my foundation more, I see like, no, that's actually not true for me. I don't actually believe that. I don't want to subscribe to that or operate in my life in that way. 
So I think especially, obviously, because I'm a life and marriage coach, I talk with people a lot about the impact of their spouse's belief system. And especially if your spouse is someone who is sort of dominant or has power in some way, right? Maybe they're the primary breadwinner or maybe they just have more knowledge or experience in a particular area. And so it seems like their opinion about things must be right, right? I think about this a lot when it comes to even my experience with coaching. When I would hire a mentor, specifically in the area of like marketing my business and building a business, because that's not something I have a, you know, a natural skill set in, I would just assume that they knew better because they were farther along and had made more money than me. And now I'm in a different place of like really finding what's true for me. But I think the same can kind of happen in a marriage, right? If your partner is more experienced or further along or has some quote unquote upper hand in an area, it's really easy to just trust them kind of blindly and not suss out and sort of like sift through what's really true, what really rings as authentic and like in alignment with you, right? So I want to just offer that like it's normal to be influenced by other people's opinions, but you can also unwind some of that and then find your own way, even in marriage, even in a mentor relationship, even in any relationship you could possibly have in your life, okay? So that's number one. Number two, I think self-doubt comes from not being given the opportunity to think for yourself as a child, right? Maybe you had a parent who was very anxious and so they kept close tabs on you, or maybe you had a parent who was controlling, And so you didn't have a lot of choice. You didn't have a lot of opportunities to use your voice. It was sort of like a do as I say and do as you're told, like don't ask any questions. And so that natural curiosity, that natural inclination to figure things out for yourself was kind of muted just based on your upbringing and how your thoughts and opinions were handled as a child. I think another place that self-doubt comes from is just even as an adult, not being clear on who you are and what you value, which is why for me doing values exercises and really like anchoring in to being able to define your qualities and characteristics and like the essence of who you are is so important. I actually had this as one of the exercises in the Well-Made Woman experience last week. And when I asked people to share, it was a little bit like crickets, right? I asked them to share, like, what are 10 qualities that really define who you truly are? Not your role, not what you do, not a label, but like a quality that defines the essence of who you are as a spiritual being. And people were just like, what? (laughs) Right? It's not something we're ever asked, but knowing those answers, like it literally takes me like five seconds to rattle off 10 things because 
I'm seeped in thinking about this all the time. And maybe part of it's because I've had a lot of life transitions. I've changed careers. I've built a business, right? I've succeeded in that business. I failed in that business. And so like, I don't, I no longer use the external markers to define who I am. Like I define who I am from the inside out, not from the outside in, okay? And I hope that for you as well, it is so liberating and amazing to be in that space. I think another place that self-doubt comes from is fear of failure or emotional discomfort and pain, right? So it's like, I doubt myself because I don't want to fail and I don't want to fail because it's not safe for me emotionally to feel an experience of failure. Or I don't want to do the wrong thing in this relationship because I'm afraid it's going to be so painful and I won't be able to handle it, right? So just notice, like, is there some part of you that's afraid of failing and afraid of feeling a feeling? And so you doubt yourself. You spin around in circles, not really making much progress. Similar to that, I think a past experience of failure or a past experience of tremendous pain can make us very hesitant and timid around making decisions, which also creates self-doubt, right? So if you had a massive failure in your life, if you have had a really, really painful experience, there's a part of that that your brain interprets as, see, you can't trust yourself. Look at what happened here. So don't do that again, right? It's like this internal shame spiral that keeps you unsure of yourself because of a past failure, because of a past painful experience. And then I think related to that is the last place where I think self-doubt comes from. And it's not knowing how to have your own back, right? Not knowing how to be your own best friend and to support yourself even in your mistakes, even in the failure, even in the intense emotional discomfort or pain. Because when you know, no matter what, I've got myself, I'm safe with myself, I'm held by myself, I'm supported by myself, I'm picked up by myself and God, right? If you, if you share my faith, then having a painful experience or failing or making any decision is coming from a place of just like a stronger foundation and a stronger sense of confidence, okay? So here's the thing. Self-doubt is pretty heavy and it's an exhausting experience to spend a lot of your time in confusion and in self-doubt. I think what I notice most for people is there's excessive and exhausting rumination where literally their brain just like is teeter-tottering back and forth, like, do I do this or do I do that? Do I do this or do I do that? Right? There's like a lot of ambivalence of like, well, I don't really know if I want to do this, but I also don't really know if I want to do that. And it literally creates a self-sabotaging cycle, right? There's 
a couple of clients I'm working with right now who are just like, I notice so much how like their inability to trust themselves, their inability to give themselves permission to want what they want, to stand for what they want, keeps them in the cycle of like doubting what they want. So then they don't ask for what they want. And it just like keeps them from what they want. Not because they can't have it, but because they don't trust themselves enough to stand for it, to go after it, to request it, or to create it for themselves if part of the delay is they're waiting for someone else, i.e. their spouse, to have the aha moment, to rise up and meet them at the level that creates a thriving marriage, okay? I think the other thing that happens when you find yourself stuck in self-doubt is there's just a lack of progress. You stay stuck making no decision at all. And in the coaching space, no decision is a decision, right? Like when you're not making a decision to move forward or step back, you're making the decision to stay stuck. And that may be hard to hear, but knowing that allows you to own it and then that keeps you out of blaming other people which is the other thing that i see happen a lot when people have self-doubt and they sort of sabotage themselves is instead of taking responsibility for their own vacillation or confusion they want to blame other people as the reason they're not getting what they want experiencing what they want living the way that they want Right. And so it's almost like you become dependent on another person in your life, i.e. your spouse, to show up a certain way so you can feel more confident. So then you give yourself permission. And when you're not aware that you're in a self-doubt cycle, when you're not aware that you're like sabotaging yourself because you're not clear or you're not standing for what you want, it's so easy to look at what other people are doing wrong as the reason why you're not making the progress or experiencing what you want. And whenever we're blaming, we're just having a tougher experience, right? Like when you stay stuck in blaming and resentment towards another person, the person it hurts the most is you, right? So you wanna keep thinking about how do I get out of looking at what this other person is or isn't doing, look within myself, build my own sense of self-trust so that I can create a better experience for myself. And then the other thing I noticed that happens in terms of the impact of self-doubt is there's a lot of time wasted not learning and not figuring it out. Right, Because you're stuck looking outside of yourself, which never really moves you forward in a fulfilling way. The greatest fulfillment you can have in your life and making progress on any issue is when you are willing to experiment, you are willing to test things out, you are willing to make decisions because then you have that internal shift that internal growth, that internal stretch that evolves you to a more confident person in your life. The only way I have achieved any measure of success 
any measure of peace, any measure of fulfillment in my life is being willing to do things that feel uncomfortable and know that I will either win or I will learn. And the learning is also winning. All right. So hopefully I have sold you on moving yourself out of self-doubt. And here's how you do that. I'm going to give you three very simple things. They're simple to say and require some work to live out, but you absolutely can do it. So how to get out of self-doubt? First thing is to know who you are and to know your values. And I have a podcast episode. It's episode 151 that's called 10 Things to Know About Yourself. So you want to do that work. You want to have such a clear understanding of who you are, what matters to you, and what you value. Number two is to trust your desires. And that's that episode on self-trust. Anything that you really want, when it's coming from a place where you are whole and complete, it is what is designed for you to have, right? Like, If it's coming from a needy, graspy place, then you want to do your internal work first. But what I find a lot of times is like when people come into my space and they're willing to do the internal work to understand their inner child, to understand the emotional gaps and the unmet needs they might have carried with them from their upbringing and how that's showing up in their adult relationships when they can do that work and begin to just have perspective and heal some of those, you know, like hurt inner child parts, then they are so clear that what I want now is what I'm supposed to have. It's what I'm supposed to experience. It's not coming from this broken place anymore. It's coming from this healed and whole place where it's like, this is what I deserve. I'm worthy of this. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be experiencing, okay? And you are able to trust your desires more. And then step three, have your own back, which is podcast 188. Be that best friend for yourself. Be relentless in supporting and encouraging yourself no matter what. As you can probably tell, I am so passionate and on fire about this topic. I am just like there is a flame inside of me that wants to like burst and empower every single woman that I come in contact with who has a limiting belief, who is doubting herself, who is unsure of herself, who is settling and accepting things that does not represent the best of what life has to offer her. And if you want to be a part of a community that is elevating itself as women, elevating yourself as a woman, I want to emphatically and personally invite you to join me inside The Well-Made Woman. This is a program where we get so crystal clear and so intentional about showing up to our life so that our life shows up the best for us, that our experiences change, that our 
feelings change, that the way we operate and move and navigate in this world is from a confident and empowered and massively fulfilled and peaceful place. If that is what you want for your spouse, yourself, especially at this time of year, you have to get inside the program. Enrollment is open now. I'm only accepting 10 women. We are already filling up the slots. And the way you get in is you schedule an application call with me. I want to make sure it's a good fit for you. I want to make sure we're going to meet your needs. And we start January 7th. There is no better way to kick off your 2024 than by becoming the well-made woman. Go to my website, drshavon.com, get all the information, and I will see you inside. Thanks so much for joining me today. I will be back with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. And now a question for you. What did you get out of this episode? The most important part of this work is applying what you hear. I hope you'll do that. And if you loved this podcast, you will love working with me directly even more. I invite you to my website, drshavon.com, to learn about my coaching programs and any live masterclasses I may be hosting. And of course, we will meet right back here for the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep loving your marriage again.